hello. Who is this? Tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now, he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, what's up with this name? Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Let's get another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. You didn't make the rules. The police are always on track, but they watch Palm Night and save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Everybody's a suspect! Go! Not scared, are you? Squeak. Hello and welcome to another episode of In Another World, a pop culture podcast. I am your host, Zachary Landolt, and today I am starting a slow build-up to the release of uh, Scream. Well, the fans are calling it Scream 5. It's officially just called Scream. So we are starting today with the discussion of the film that started it all in 1996, Scream. And I am joined, as always, for the horror endeavors on this podcast by the queen of the spooky, Devin Ray. Hi everybody, I'm back. You're back. And you're I'm back. Then. <laughs> How is the holiday season treating you? We're right just past Christmas and a day away from New Year's. You know, it's uh COVID Christmas and and COVID New Year's are always a a bit disappointing. Oh, yeah. But and you know, I don't know if you felt this way. I felt this way. We we got to December and I was like, "Really?" Like, is it December? It doesn't feel... And even yeah. up to Christmas Eve, I was like, it's 70 degrees. <laughs> um, I don't I don't really feel like, I don't know, listening to carols and, and I definitely like, was bundling like, I up with this, hot cocoa. Yeah, like, I bought this gorgeous gray, like, like long coat. Just, like, very warm, very cozy to wear. I've only been able, been able to wear it for, like, Maybe two times, maybe three times, because it's just been so hot. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it either. And you know, I I also I have bought many coats myself, uh, for the the COVID body changes that occur you, oh, from being yeah, stuck inside you your house. Um, where I suddenly I was like, oh, it's cold. I can. The belt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they could be smaller if I get smaller, but it could also just be the size it is right now. Exactly. It's that like I want to look good where I'm at because I tried to put on my old coat and it was <laughs> upsetting. I um, relate. And I think the only time I've really gotten to wear any of my coats or any like cold weather stuff is when I went up to Pittsburgh for Halloween. Mm. 
And then come back here. I'm like, oh, it's back to like sundresses. <laughs> love the sundresses. You know, the Asheville gals love a sundress with like some boots with maybe mm-hmm. some tights into the boots and a floppy hat. Yep. That's I mean. I'm not saying that's not, you. No, but it's close. I just don't <laughs> wear hats. You know, I, I used to not be a hat person. Now I'm like hats all the time. Hats, hats, hats. Hats, hats, hats. Every day. Every day is a say something hat day. Exactly. I was like, is it say something hat? I think it's say something hat. And I was like, don't say it wrong. I think today is a say something hat day. <laughs> I just watched Too Long Fu, not like two nights ago. So it's fresh in my Two my... nights ago? Yeah. Dang. I, I watched I, it like it two was... weeks ago. It was on something, and I heard they're remaking it. So I was like, I want to re, I want to reexamine. They don't this. need to do that, though. I know, and it's a weird cast of like, if it's true, it's three like cis het actors, and so I'm just kind of like, okay, like, <laughs> like I don't understand why we can't get at least one queer actor up in this biz, right? Like it was, I, I'll I'll say that you know, not that we're here to talk about too long, sure. too, but yeah, we love a tangent. Um, <laughs> It's just that, you know, we're we're getting into it. It's we'll been a minute. So uh, the point of Tu Wong Fu when it was made was that it was such a big deal that big action stars, Patrick yeah. Swayze and Wesley Snipes, were in drag. Right. But I don't think we need that no. now. When the men that are <laughs> supposedly linked to it, I like all these men, but I just don't understand the point of it. It's apparently... Jude Law as the Patrick Swayze part, Idris Elba as the Wesley Snipes part, and then Dev Patel as the John Leguizamo part. Why? I know, and I'm just like, okay, I like all three of those actors. I, you know, yeah, but like, I don't, I, I think, yeah, you're totally right. The original one is much more about like, look at these straight male actors not being afraid to play drag queens. But I feel like in 2022, I think it should be look at these actual like you know, queer performers getting to do this material, I, just, it, I would have made me a little happier. Yeah. But all that being said, we're not here to talk about Tu Wong Fu. Thanks no. for everything. Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk about, which is one word, it's Scream. It's and, Scream. Scream. We're here to talk about Scream. 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 And for me, I was obsessed with this film franchise. I mean, I've always been obsessed with it, but like I, when I discovered these movies as a little preteen, that was really getting into horror movies. I must have watched, um, especially Scream and Scream Two. I mean, I I, I think I lost count. Um, how how long have have you been attached to this franchise? Oh, since the beginning, it was mm. like, well, um, I mean, we're both old enough that we uh, recognize that, like, when it came out, it was supposed to be this, like, you think you know horror movies, well, <laughs> yeah. you don't know them like this. Mm-hmm. Before that was a thing, so like, it felt different and new and interesting in 96 97 um and i think i also like i loved them when they came out always got them at blockbuster Mm. um (laughs) renting over renting Mm -hmm. and then i also have a deep and abiding love for scary movie so that's so much oh of God. Scream too. So it's like I I rotate that into this <laughs> franchise as well because there's so much of Scream in Scary Movie. <laughs> yeah. And famously, Scream was originally supposed to be called Scary Movie. Scary Movie. They're all connected. I'm so also, glad it's, it's not really called Scary Movie though. I also think it's hilarious that Tori Spelling is the only performer that's been in like both franchises. 
I know. <laughs> Talk about she knows where she's royalty. at. Yeah, straight up. I can't. Well, like, because also at the time I was slowly becoming obsessed. Like Nev Campbell at one point was my favorite actress. I was obsessed. One hundred percent. Because I loved. I was already really into the craft as well, and mm-hmm. we were a big Party of Five household when I was growing okay. up. So like, she was very much like very forward in my pop culture as a preteen i can see that for you <laughs> you can <laughs> that plus wild things she plays that femme fatale and wild things like i was just love very it. into what she was serving <laughs> she's so good i'm like where are you i want to see you more i know the only like thing i can think of is when she was on house of cards for a little bit but i wasn't even watching house of cards i just heard that she was on house of cards <laughs> right I never watched but, House of Cards either. Yeah, so. I didn't want to get into it enough just to watch Nev. So I was like, right. I'll support you from afar. <laughs> You're doing great things, girl. Keep going. I think I watched like a clip of a scene. I was like, oh, she's doing good <laughs> on that show I don't watch. <laughs> like get her on a good like HBO series or something. I'll, I'll watch it. That's what it. I'm saying. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. I even owned her, like, she made this movie about the Joffrey Ballet Company, called The Company. And oh, I, right. I've watched that many times. I, I still own it on DVD. Um, so I was I was obsessed, I would say. And then Rose McGowan, you know, this plus Jawbreaker. Like, so there was a lot to love. Oh, Rose McGowan. I My only complaint with Rose McGowan in this mm. is what, what her poor hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, why did you do that to that girl? Like, I guess it was literally just so she wouldn't be another brunette. I guess, like, well, then you know, put a red on it, right? It's like they bleach it, and they're like, "That's blonde enough." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "No, <laughs> we'll put her in a in a metallic jersey, so you'll be distracted, and we'll put red oh. pants on her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put in pigtails. You won't know where to look. <laughs> <laughs> it's the '90s. It's distracting." I do like her in that one look where like she has the hair like it's like flipped out and she has the little green sweater on with like the skirt mm-hmm. and the boots that I mean that she looks very good in that scene. Yes, I, I agree. It's you know, nobody really looks tr- like tragically 90s. <laughs> right. In this movie. Except for there is one pair of jeans that Nev Campbell wears and that's where I'm like, oh, mom, no. <laughs> Mom, no. <laughs> Mom, no. Right to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly, you know, she's fine. She's, I mean, she looks great in that denim jacket later, so it's fine. Right. She makes up for it. She makes up for it. Uh, and famously, I mean, who wasn't watching Friends in the 90s? So, you know, Courtney Cox was a whole moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I still think this is the best performance of her career. Uh, Gail Weathers or Scream, yeah. the first one? Well, I mean, I just in uh, general. Well, no, I think Scream Two is my favorite Gail Weathers performance, yes. but I but I think the character of Gail Weathers is like, I, I think it's her her legacy plus friend. I I agree, I agree. Um, I mean, I did watch what was that show she had on FX for like a hot second? It was called Dirt. Tab? It was called Dirt. 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 She played like a like a like a tabloid magazine editor, and I was like, I'm into this too, but then it was it did not continue. Um, but that's fine. But, you know, that's before fine. we really get into the movie, I wanted to do a new segment with all the movies we discussed where I just take a look at where pop culture was when this movie was released. Ooh, so, take me there. Take I will take you there. So 
it was released at an, a time that I, you know, I was I was watching these on VHS at my house, so I didn't really have an awareness of when they were released at the time. But apparently, it was released in December twentieth, nineteen ninety six, which just feels um, like an odd time to release this. But you know, it was a big old hit, so I guess it's fine. But the number one movie when this came out, well, it was not Scream because I guess it needed a second to build. But the number one movie was Jerry Maguire, starring. Uh, Tom Cruise and, of course, Renee Zellweger. Jerry! Looks like you've got a fan. Yeah! You know this is gonna change everything. Promise. I've got this great guy. And he loves my kid. You complete me. Tom Cruise, Academy Award winner Cuba Gooding Jr., Renee Zellweger, Jerry Maguire. And what a, what a time to be alive. You could go see Scream or Jerry Maguire. I know what I would pick. You had me at Scream. You had me at Scream. <laughs> uh, and the number one song was Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. Unbreak my heart. Say you love me again. Undo this hurt you caused when you walked out the door and walked out of my life. Uncry- yes. Say you love me again. Say you love me again. That is a good song. I was really into. I was really into very emotional ballads <laughs> as a little child. <laughs> I, there was something in in that like late eighties to late nineties mm. power ballads from women. Yes, Celine and Tony Braxton, Mariah, Mariah, Whitney, like <sighs> ooh, everything. And we you're like, sp- you feel it. We, we don't have that sp- anymore. Old. Yeah. Spoiled. Like the most we have now is like like Ariana. Maybe some know. Adele. There was but Adele, I don't feel Adele. Adele. Uh, my know, house. Some, some, some um, okay. <laughs> but I don't, you know, I I might get emotional listening to Adele. Adele but Adele. I, I don't it's not the same no. as like Whitney. No nothing will ever be the same as Whitney. <laughs> Oh, Whitney. Uh, actually, I've been the one movie I didn't watch this holiday season that usually is like something I like to watch all the time. It was The Preacher's Wife, which was. Oh my movie. god! <laughs> I loved that movie when I was a kid. It famously stars Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. Wow. Um, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I swear it was like the day after Christmas. It was like on HBO Max, and I was like, "Well, where the I looked for this fucking movie." You so, know they wait. They're they're here to fuck with you they on what me. you want to watch. It got me, gal. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's where pop culture was at. I think a fun little place. And then Scream came out and, you know. Changed the game. Changed the game, as it were. And honestly, I still think I can remember how terrified I was the first 10 minutes of this movie, the first time I saw it. <laughs> the entire Oh, it's so jarring. Oh, my God. It's so, it's so cleverly written. Like, uh that kevin williamson script like i i I feel like every time i hear someone that's connected to the movie talk about why they want to get the movie made they just talked about reading the drew barrymore scene and just being like well this has to we have to get this made yeah yeah Yeah, i mean yeah it's i i don't know i i know you don't watch game of thrones but like the first season of game of thrones kind of took that 
and went farther with it. I don't remember when the first Game of Thrones book came out, but I think mm. it was about the same time as Scream came out, where you just mm-hmm. you kill off somebody that you think you're going to see the story th- through the eyes of, right. and then you're like, oh, no. Well, and it was like- so brutal. It's so brutal. And I feel like at that time, you know, it's Drew Barrymore. We know her for like, you know, she's from E.T. She's Mm E.T. gal. And, you know, she seems way too. It's kind of like similar to Psycho, I guess, where like as the audience, like, well, they're too famous to to get killed. It must be like she gets attacked by the killer and then gets away. And then we're like spending the rest of the movie, you know, figuring out who it is. And then said she's she's hung from a tree, Mama, and it's you know very different than what I expected. And also, I think her—I mean, I don't think her performance is underrated. I don't think people talk about how great it is all the time. But like, for I—I I would say for horror, I feel like it's it's a very good performance that she gives in that opening scene. Yeah, it's totally realistic, and like, <laughs> I. Uh, granted, I have a vague recollection of what high school kids sounded like in the 90s. My mom yeah. was a high school theater teacher. It's not like I, I was just like, hmm, <laughs> what was it like? Uh, <laughs> but it all felt very, I don't know, not forced. Nothing in this movie feels forced no. or ridiculous or campy mm-hmm. um, in a in a volume turned up kind of way. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, like there's there's no dialogue that makes me like cringe. Oh no. Uh because even some of the other films, I I, mean, I love them all, but there are still like moments where I'm like, eh, I love that. Um <laughs> but the I think the the first script is just like I mean, near perfection to me. It is rather unfortunate that Drew Barrymore would have survived if only she lived in the future and listened to this podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's crazy to me that she originally was being looked at for Sydney, and then it was, uh, from what I understand, it was her idea to, like, wouldn't it be cooler if I just died? <laughs> she was just like, kill me. That's um, a brilliant career decision. Can you imagine if she had taken the role of Sydney Prescott? Is that, that's probably would have been it. Like, Well, and also, like, I don't want to take that away from Nev Campbell, because to me, no. like, Nev Campbell has, like, just the perfect energy for that character so i think the right choices were made and she's still iconic it's like an iconic you know scream queen moment even though it's only one scene right agree well and what i love about the opening is that after the opening finishes you as an audience member you're just left with well i just don't know what's happening now <laughs> like i don't know who i'm supposed to latch on to right. like what is this what- about like right. and because that's my favorite thing with the first movie is just the slow unbuilding of the maureen prescott backstory and i just mm-hmm. think it, it's such a it's just such rich backstory for characters that you don't always get in slasher horror movies, you know? Or if you usually, I mean, we've done a lot of horror movies now, and if they do give a backstory to a character, it's like you're being bludgeoned with it over the head by as an exactly. audience member. Yeah. Um, and this actually feels like it's like organically unfurled for you, and it just makes everything so much creepier. Oh, I agree. It's it's kind of it's very lovely in that like. You're not focused on what happened to Maureen Prescott. Like, you just know Sydney is sad because her mom died. And you're like, oh, she was murdered. That sucks. Like, anyway, yeah. weird. Um, Why was her dad so weird? The only thing I have, like, a little bit of a question about is, like, yeah. why do you start with killing 
Casey and her boyfriend, if the killers have this end goal in mind, like, mm-hmm. I, obviously they planned it for a long time, but right. like, maybe it was like they wanted there to be killings to like start the mystery. And I think it was just because uh, Stu was bitter towards Casey. So that's, I mean, I was like, Casey. that's it. <laughs> like, fuck that bitch. So f- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, like, yeah. So the rest of the cast is all pretty. Like, of, of the men, we have like Skeet Ulrich, we have Matthew Lillard, we have Jamie mm. Kennedy. It's a real 90s crowd. Mm. Um, I remember being I remember being very weird to see Skeet Ulrich in this because he also was in the craft with Nev Campbell. Yes. So I was like, this is jarring. But he's so much like he's so dreamy in this and he's so gross Ugh, in the craft. So greasy and disgusting in the craft. I mean, he's not great in this no. either as an endgame. But I mean, he just ugh, ugh, he makes me like, uncomfortable in the craft. Once you know who the killers are in this movie and you go back and watch it like it's almost like you're looking at the rest of the cast going how did you not know these are two of the creepiest most like red flag dudes in the world (laughs) well and it's so funny because yeah when you watch it again and you know everything goes down like this movie wasn't even that subtle at all with (laughs) Like, who the killers were. But I think it was almost to fuck with the audience. Of like, well, it can't be them. It's too obvious. <laughs> but then, well, you don't, um, like, immediately nobody. think there's two. You're like, right. oh, well, Billy climbed in the window right after Casey got killed. So it can't be Billy. Right. Oh, Stu walks in while, you know, I don't think that happens very often where somebody's getting killed and we see Stu somewhere. But, um... Yeah, Stu but was it, definitely the surprise for me. Yeah. Because I was oh, like, yeah, well, he's just an idiot, right? He's just like <laughs> the idiot side guy. <laughs> like, he's not the killer. <laughs> I like, do. I'm like, wait, how are all of you guys friends? I see how uh, Nev Campbell and Rose McGowan are friends. I sure. could see how Stu and Billy are friends and why those four people hang out together. <laughs> but I don't know why they hang out with Jamie Kennedy. Oh, Randy. <laughs> Well, it's it, well. You know what it is. I I, uh, I get the feeling that Sydney was friends with Randy for like a longer time than she was dating Billy, and so then he mm-hmm. just became part of the group. And he's obviously in love with Sydney, um, right. as we all know. Uh, and I don't. Uh, yeah, but then like, I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't understand why Tatum is dating <laughs> No. Other than no. she just gets to treat him like a dumb, like, you know, ragdoll. Maybe she he's can, good like, in bed. I, yeah, like, <laughs> I, because she, she's brilliant. Tatum is brilliant. All of the women, even mm. these, like, the two cartoonish girl bullies in the bathroom <laughs> in that one scene. We'll get into that. <laughs> they're all, all the women are so <laughs> smart. <laughs> oh my god okay so you've mentioned them i have to get into it i every time i watch this movie i am like iconic zine is those fucking two awful girls in the bathroom because all of their lines are just like so ridiculous where you're like she has her own bubble butt boyfriend billy yeah, like no woman has ever talked like this in the history of women 
in the history of women. Oh my god. And just like like that fucking blonde cheerleader that apparently was Skeet Ulrich's girlfriend at the time. Um Ew. like Look. she's she's iconic to me. Like I hope she pops up in the new one. You know what I mean? Like Oh, I would on. love it. She's the killer. She is the killer. Like <laughs> I'll just I'll be getting a little reference. Like, where do you get this shit? Ricky Lake. <laughs> you Ricky are Lake. pathetic. <laughs> like maybe it, she's just anyone... too busy prom- like processing her trauma from her mother's death. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> no, I mean really, just like anyone who knows me knows that I am a sucker for like a vapid uh <laughs> <laughs> a vapid depiction of some like teenage girl bimbo like i'm like i'm mm-hmm. into it um just like the camp of it i, I uh, knowing that like a gay man wrote this i'm like no yeah 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 it all makes sense yeah all for sure sense. oh we get it we get it and then we also have like henry winkler in there like it's, it's such a it's such a little like mix of people and what a ridiculous red herring they try to pull with henry winkler for oh no God, reason yeah. where i'm like why <laughs> <laughs> it's like I like the sword sounds when he's swinging these huge scissors at these oh my kids. God, no. fing, fing. I was like, fing, what fing. is going on here? I'm like, you're trying to make it look like this is the guy. We know it's not the guy. He's like, not that guy. And they'll like quickly call him off like, that's not him. But we tricked him for a second, didn't we? <laughs> ha 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 ha. <laughs> well, because also I guess it'd be like, that's Henry Winkler. He must be the killer. He's too famous. Well, I mean, so well, famous. At this point, I guess it was kind of like doing whatever. Um, but, you know, uh, the thing, the one that I'm still like gagged they got to do it is like Courtney Cox, just because like at this point she was, you know, one of the most famous people on television. So yeah. it's just like crazy to me they even like worked this out for her to do it. Wild and I mean, thank God for it. It's like, you know, when you go back and you watch Friends, mm-hmm. um, even if you're not trying to like examine it through a modern lens, <laughs> and it's hard to do that because you would just start to. <laughs> it's hard it. to ignore that. Um, yeah. It's still. It's like the scripts don't really have a lot in there. No. It's very farcical, uh, one note type characters. So it's so oh. lovely that she gets to. You know, breathe a little bit in that high strung type A alpha female kind of vibe. Yeah. I don't like that she does so much like fat shaming. (laughs) (laughs) But I can also say the first time I heard that iconic line of Kenny, I know you're about 50 pounds overweight, but when I say move it, please interpret that as move your fat top of lard ass now. I rewound that probably like 10 times, I have to say. As awful as it is, I was like, that's... Justice for Kenny. Justice for Kenny. Kenny deserved better. Penny saved saved uh, her life because you know, right before he dies, he's mm-hmm. pointing towards the back of the van. Like, go yeah, through he's the back like, of the There's the, the door that way. Oh, I'm... Oh, Kenny. Oh, Kenny. Oh, Kenny, I'm so sorry, but get off my fucking windshield. <laughs> oh, Kenny. Oh, Kenny. And last time we see him, he gets slammed into like a fence. He goes flopping off a van into a fence. Oh, Kenny. It's so weird because you also, I mean, like, I can't not watch a movie and think about like DNA evidence or fingerprints or something sure. like that. And 
1996, that was still not really like a thing. <clears throat> Blood and and DNA. Yeah. Uh so I have to go like, yeah, they wouldn't care that she got in the van where he died and like drove it to a different location (laughs) or that like his blood is now all over her or, you know, like she contaminated the crime scene. No, they're like, (laughs) well, that guy died over there. That kid, that girl died in that garage door. How? 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 Have you ever tried to like outrun a garage door or like slip under a garage door mm. they they move so slow so slow so there's also, no yeah, <laughs> yeah there's I, no I way like I, it's a cool concept of how to kill someone using a garage door but every time i watch i am a little bit like this is i mean this is the biggest stretch of the movie um it's shot so well and like it looks so cool that i'm like i i give it an ultimate pass but it is like the one the one thing in the movie where i go this always feels like a tad over the top but it's also i mean i I think it's almost iconic in its stupidity if that makes any sense oh yeah for sure it's just that horror stupidity where it's like this is how we're gonna kill her and you're like oh whoa okay okay so we're not going to show her getting almost all the way out of the dog door before, right? Oh, no, we won't. It's fine. That we'll just know. cut around it. <gasps> I used to sneak in and out of my house through the dog door. Oh, shit. Really? So, yeah. So that's always bothered me where I'm like, you couldn't fit through there? I know you can. Because well, I'm those, about the same those, size. Those big old hips. I don't know. So, And as do I. You've met me. Well, I don't know. I don't, I, don't know. Know. I don't know you in high school. <laughs> I was I was about the same. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> well, also, what's so frustrating about the Tatum scene? You know, we're just doing a general discussion, so we're not really, you know, if we're just here for the ride. Um, with her death is so frustrating because I think she, I mean, she kicks ass before she gets killed. Like she really gives it, you know, yeah. a run for her money. And so I guess it's also what makes it so sad. It's because you're like, no, she was about to get away. And it was so frustrating. She should have just like duck and tumbled under that door and just like, you know, ugh, I don't know. Pulled herself out. Seriously. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's like, if only like we had like, because now I feel like modern technology, if you go under a, like a garage door it stops right there's like sensors mm-hmm. yeah so ugh, fucking 1996 garage doors well i could even see her getting stuck in the dog door getting lifted into the air and then stabbed ugh, right then dying because she can't get out of that because she's way up in the air and she has ugh. no leverage to get herself out but no it's just like and then she her head gets busted against this the top of the garage door right and you're like that's it's not an elevator. Like, <laughs> so I guess to get to a general thing about the movie, uh, mm-hmm. when you first saw it, did you, do you remember who you were predicting to turn out to be the killer when you first saw it? Or, do you, or is it all kind of vague? Um, I think I thought it was her dad. I think I did too. Yeah. Cause he gave off some, weird vibes in the when one they find scene his car in the in. woods oh yeah and you're like oh it was him 
it was when him the whole like, time. Oh my god. Oh, that's a really good moment too. When like they're making out in the woods, and then like that's it. That's that's Neil Prescott's car. I'm like, oh god, huh, huh, it's the dad. Get the dad. I'm gone. Uh, you know, um, it must be the dad. Who else would it be? Uh, yeah. Is this because for whatever reason, even though like Billy has the whole thing with like you know showing up at her house and stuff, I really didn't think he was going to be the killer. And then they do that perfect sneak little sneaky trick of having him get fake stabbed <laughs> and so then we as an audience member really don't think it's him and so they they were really trying to throw us off the scent oh yeah no like i mean and i didn't want to think it was the boyfriend although you know i watching it again for this podcast i was like wow he is the worst you could just break up with your Word of advice, if, mm. you know, you want something sexually with your partner yeah. and they are not willing to do that, then you do not need to be their partner anymore. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> you don't have to be like, yeah, well, your mom died and then you became this frigid bitch. It's been like a year. It's been like, get <laughs> over it. My mom left and I still want to fuck. What's your issue, Sid? Like, and, you know, it's like, you're... Your mom just like like left you. Like she's a lot. Like she's fully alive. She's fully. You could go have like dinner with her right now. Oh my, yeah. Um, you know it. It is what it is. But I think I do think in terms of this the whole series, I still think the reveal of Stu and Billy as the killers is still I think my favorite reveal, like finale reveal. I feel like the other reveals throughout the series get more and more, I don't know, uh, ridiculous, chaotic. A little soap opera-ish, yeah. It was me! In a way that I love, but like definitely soap opera-ish. In, in oh, yeah. But I don't want it to be thought that I don't love this series <laughs> no, so, yeah. so very much. Right. I, I'm just saying, like, the this first entry into the franchise mm. has this kind of brilliant maudlin serious but also comedic tone about it that when when it is revealed that billy loomis and loomis Loomis, um like that that fucking name and nobody you know for as many times as halloween is referenced in this movie nobody brings that up loomis oh that's like your name oh we're gonna call you you're gonna call you dr loomis (laughs) <laughs> Dr. <Lewis>. Billy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, come on. And um, what also, I think what makes the movie so, what I loved about it when I was younger is that, like, there's lots of, like, humor in the film. And so it, 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 it was, I mean, it scared me. Like, I definitely was scared in parts of it, but it also was just, like, an entertaining movie because it actually had, like, clever dialogue and it made me chuckle. But then, like, once the bill, I mean, there's some comedy in the Billy and Stu stuff at the end, but, like, when especially like Skeet Ulrich's performance at the end just gets so terrifying because his 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 eyes are so like piercing when he's uh-huh. like revealing all the shit to Nev Campbell in the kitchen, and just I don't know the movie gets very very intense the, yeah. the last like twenty minutes like I remember I, like just holding my breath for the whole thing the first time I saw it. Yeah, Billy has this like danger to him the whole time, even when like so at that party. When Nev Campbell, who thank God she's like also like 
the, the evolution of the final girl and just, mm. she's, you know, at home with her sexuality and she's like, you know what? Yeah, let's let's go ahead. Let's do let's it. Let's go bone. Uh, let's go bone. And she's like, you know, like, or even a really good porno. Yeah, and you're porno. supposed to see, I guess, if if Billy were a normal man, it would be like this, like, excitement, like, oh, oh, you really? You're ready? But, like, he has these dead shark eyes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, cool. Great. I can't wait to have sex with you. <laughs> Sid. Like, good. <laughs> good. Now I really get to kill you. I can't, you know, I was waiting until you had sex with me. Uh, I thought my exorcist speech would do it for you. Apparently didn't. <laughs> oh, my God. His, I mean, his foreplay is unmatched. <laughs> this movie would not have gone very far had I been Sidney Prescott. If some man had said to me, like, ah, oh, the exorcist was on TV, got me thinking about you. Because it was it's like, like silence edited the for TV. <laughs> like her, the dead father. <laughs> All the good stuff was taken out, you know. None of the the crucifix stuff or. God, I'm like, okay, you. You're like, oh, you think there's nothing good in our relationship? All right, bye. Get out of my room. I will call the police from the computer. Well, I'll... <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I never understood the computer. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on here? I will say that you know. We live so we're technology from the nineties is so alien to us now. <clears throat> We've come so far with our right. smartphones and things like that that like I remember you know, learning about calling the police through the computer because of that movie, because there were services for the deaf. And then like Way back when, in like the early 2000s, there was a service where, which I guess they, it's still going now, mm. um, where you can be the eyes or the ears for uh, hearing disabled or uh, like people without sight and that sort of thing. But that I was like, oh, well, yeah, they didn't have cell phones and like. <laughs> They they make a big deal later, like, we're going to trace every cell phone number in the county. And I was like, how are you going to do that? Well, what's like the, the comms like, what's a, what's a boy like you doing with a cellular telephone? You don't need a cellular telephone, Billy. Who, of course, I, it took me so long. And it wasn't until we were watching the, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Um, wait, oh, wait, yeah. No, that's the dad from Nightmare on Elm Street, right? The, the cop. Yes. Am yes. I right with, with trivia on this one? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't I, know. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure, like, the guy who plays, like, the chief of police is, like, the dad f- cop from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah? I, I thought he was way. older. I'm gonna, like, hold on. Look In it up. Time, Do a Google. Remember, remember um, finding out some horror uh, connection. I so... Nightmare on Elm Street. So in real time, audience, this is me researching for you. This is how we get the good content. <laughs> this is it. A this plus, top ramble. of the line. This is how the computer... Th- yeah, well, because I do... Okay, I love all of the references to other horror movies in the movie, because uh, my favorite one, of course, is the janitor uh, who played, I didn't know for the longest time, by Wes Craven. Um, <laughs> with in the, the Freddy Krueger sweater. sweater. With the Freddy sweater, the Freddy hat. I mean, that was... Come on. That's, that's a, I mean, it's a, it's a real cheap, quick joke, but it really worked for me. It's so good. It's so good. And why is my computer taking? 
I don't. There's a lot of things where they they introduce like a cliche or a horror reference and then either justify it or turn it on its head. Like there's a moment when uh, Randy is watching Halloween and he's telling Jamie Lee Curtis, like, Jamie, look out, Jamie behind you when his name is Jamie. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very very much. That's it. You're like, hold That's on. A, we know who you are. Yeah. Like, I have always loved this movie because it, like, talks the way that my brain thinks. I love horror movies. <laughs> so, like, that, like, special interest way of talking, I'll be like, yeah, that was referenced in Friday the 13th 3D. Like, and, <laughs> and like, yeah, arguing yes. with people. To answer my question, my own question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the chief of police in this movie was also the cop dad in Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, that's what I thought. That's Great. I thought. Okay. I love cool, it. Cool. 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 <laughs> everyone, everyone, <laughs> we good? Uh, yeah. So I just thought that was a cool thing. Um, so I guess I don't really have like trivia for this movie because I mean, a lot of it's like pretty like well known shit by this point. But mm-hmm. I do have some fun segments to do, as we do with all of our horror movies. We have some new segments, because we're switching up a little bit for Scream. Because as anyone who's listened to our other horror recaps knows, we usually have Scream Queen of the Week. But I feel like it's an unspoken, you know, thing in the Scream fan community that there is no, like, definitive Scream Queen of the Week ever other than Sydney Prescott finding these movies. Because she is the ultimate final girl. But I do want to highlight... Um, the Scream Queen who isn't Sydney of the week. Jesus, not Sydney. Now, who would be your Scream Queen who isn't Sydney of the week? It's Tatum. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, she's smart. She's a feminist. Um, she wears little mini skirts and crop tops. And yeah. just that moment when she's looking at Ghostface, she's like, face to face with ghost face and she's like uh uh-huh, mr scary killer are you good kill don't kill me i want to be in the sequel and i'm like i want you to be in the sequel too oh. too bad you trapped there's a question do you think they should have not killed tatum and kept her alive for a potential sequel well i don't know where she would fit yeah in where the franchise went i think right. is i mean we'll talk about scream 3 when we get to it but sure. At least Scream 2, there's like a clear kind of starting over normal trajectory of like PTSD for Sydney that like, okay, she went somewhere. Her oldest friend, the little nerdy guy she's not threatened by, Randy, happened to go to the same place that she went. But nobody else from her life is involved anymore. Well, and so um, much of Sydney's arc is about, yeah, like, loss and dealing with loss. So, it, you know, it probably was ultimately, you know, helpful towards her arc. But I always miss Tatum. I'm like, oh, come on. But we have Dewey. True. Oh, you know, I haven't even mentioned Dewey. What a what a disservice <laughs> to David Arquette. He's the I cutest I love David Arquette ever, so much. He's oh, very yeah. cute in this first one. And he's like, he's clever, but like in a dumb himbo kind of way. <laughs> yeah. He's like talking to Gail and he, he's like, you know, I was 24 for a whole year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I know you're smart, 
And he says some really smart things, too, is that like, but maybe me being really strong is what makes people take me seriously, Gail. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what you're talking about. You're I mean, you're Tatum's older brother. Yeah. So you're not an idiot. You're just like <laughs> shy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say, okay, so for, to go, so my Scream Queen, who isn't Sydney, of the week, do you like how it just rolls off the tongue? Um, <laughs> like mine, it's got flow. Yeah, she has a flow. Even though she does not make it very long into the movie, I think mine would be Drew Barrymore, only because I she's such a iconic moment. And I don't know, there's something so heartbreaking about how close she is to her parents at the end. Like she's like oh. so close to like safety, and you're like, no. Um, you know, it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Drew Barrymore since she I think I think gave so much to the series and honestly even though she's only in it for a brief brief time um because i feel like every film then had to live up to that opening because it was so strong i agree i don't think and not that the movie is bad but i do not think it would be the same movie without that open Mm. Mm. opening scene um and so our next segment that we do for all of them is kill of the week now what would be your kill of the week for scream my kill of the week, um, you know, I would say Stu. However, mm. I don't think that Stu Mocker is dead. Oh, interesting. Elaborate. Um, well, you know, like <clears throat> we see a lot of people throughout this franchise bounce back from mm-hmm. otherwise horrible, horrible injuries. Uh and yes, he does have, you know, he does get his head thrown into a television. TV'd, yeah. He was TV'd. It's showtime, bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got it. But, you know, it's never like, no, n- n- for the killers throughout the rest of Scream, you always have to double tap them, right? Like, you always have to go right. back and shoot them or mm. what have you. You nobody does that with Stu, and I'm pretty sure that he is at spoilers the college party in Scream 2 in the background, um, as a cameo. So, also, that's my working theory for Scream 5, not 5. Uh, (laughs) it's 5 to me, (laughs) is that it's not Stu, but it's Stu's kid. Mm. Well, because as anyone who's seen the trailers for the new movie, the the house of Stu's house in the first movie is heavily featured in the trailers. Right. So there's already the mystery of like, what's going on here? Why are you at Stu's house? Like, (laughs) Granted, I've heard theories like maybe we're living in a future where like, that's like a tourist attraction thing. Like people like know what house that is or something. I don't know. I mean, who's, who's to say there. I like, what I like about the new movie is I feel like they're one misleading the audience entirely with the marketing. I think they're mm-hmm. purposely trying to, you know, take us off the scent. Cause I remember them talking about how they were having trouble even making a trailer because they didn't want to spoil any of the twists in the movie and right. that they were finding it nearly impossible. So I feel like everything they've shown us is, is bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. I could be it's wrong, like, but like it's put it together wrong bits upon mm-hmm. bits that they're like ah put some music behind it i don't <laughs> yeah used using deleted scenes or even in the movie like you know, yeah i just i could see them 
uh, really trying to keep us off the set. Because I do think, you know, what would bring Sydney back into this? Like, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see how it's all going to come back together. And I do, it, I get the feeling that the new movie is going to be very nostalgic, specifically towards the first film. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to see if it had connective thread to like, yeah, like Stu or even, or even Billy, something, not Billy being alive, but like something connected to Billy. So, you know, I don't know. I've not, I don't like to read spoilers about things I'm actually excited about. So I know nothing about the new movies. This is just me talking. Yeah. About I don't, gay I, ass. I, I do not know. I refuse to look into anything mm. about it. I've even been like unfollowing stuff on YouTube that has like speculative videos. I'm like, nope, nope. Don't show me even a, a thumbnail, thumbnail of this video. I don't want to do see it. Yeah, don't do like it. it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to say it. <laughs> Take it easy on me. I'm Adele. Um, so I'm Adele. <laughs> my kill of the week, I think. Um, man, they're all so good. <laughs> I, you know, I guess my kill of the week would. Oh. This is tricky. This is tricky. I guess, uh, you know, I guess I'll say Tatum. I guess I'll say Tatum. Hmm. Even though we've talked, <laughs> remarked on how it's a little ridiculous, but only because uh, she fought back. And so I guess that's not really the point of the kill of the week, but, you know, stupid or not, the the garage door killing was very iconic at the time in my brain. Well, also, like, everybody else gets just stabbed. Yeah. It's not like... um friday the 13th or nightmare on elm street where it's like yeah. ooh, and then they got turned into a cartoon like it's there's some people get stabbed that's that's what happens that's why right. the fake that's... film franchise yes. is called stab, stab. Like, <laughs> this universe is the most fucked up universe to live in i oh, hate the idea that like one teenager or two teenagers die then the high school gets swarmed by reporters Ugh. and a book it's okay true crime sure we have their own little complaints about true crime in like regards to gail weathers book about uh maureen prescott um and that's real that that shit will happen but then to have that book turned into a movie franchise like the next year what no it's wild it's wild um i always i do this thing now where i assume that like some time is supposed to have gone by between Scream and Scream 2. Because I also think, like, how is there already a movie out? <laughs> like, this is wild. <laughs> um, uh, so, my last segment of the episode is a special segment for this series as well. It's the Hello, Sydney segment. Hello, Sydney. <laughs> Which is a segment <laughs> where Hello, we both Sydney. will highlight our favorite Sydney moment <laughs> from the film. Uh, something iconic that Sydney did in this particular film. Now, do you have a moment that comes to mind? Um, I love truly, truly in my heart of hearts when she punches Gail Weathers in the face. <laughs> I'll send you a copy. It's just Bam. like you know, she's trying to control herself. She's had the worst night. Oh, the worst night. And like little doofus. Dewey's like, just go wait. I'll I'll bring the car around. I'm like, why didn't you do that first? <laughs> Come on, Dewey. Come on, Dewey. 
And like, damn. But she just, you know, decks her. Just. <laughs> and Tatum's like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> bitch went down. <laughs> bitch, went, bitch went boom. Bitch went yeah. down. <laughs> So that was my original moment I was going to highlight, but since you said it, I do have another moment that I consider my other like iconic Sydney moment, and that is when she hides in the closet in the ghost face costume and then kills uh, Billy with the umbrella. Mm-hmm. Because yes. I just thought that, was, and she takes the mask off and just I don't know that was so badass. Yeah, that was my that was my other one. <laughs> like, I was like, this is great. This is I love this oh my god i can't when she's like trolling them on the phone and sue's like my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i just that whole finale is just like perfection for me oh my goodness well i don't know i could talk about scream forever but i'm also what is there else to say it's iconic it's still great when my favorite thing is when someone says to me they haven't seen scream and they don't know what it's about. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so excited. It's like we have to watch it. Like I've I've rewatched Scream uh, just to watch. I've just to watch someone watch it. Mm-hmm. Um and they always guess the wrong killer. Oh yeah? Who do they oh, who do yeah. they think it is? Most people I know that watch it, they either think it's the dad or they think it's Randy actually. Oh. Until thing with the with the hidden camera where they see him blah 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 but until then they were like it's so randy i think it's that guy i I will say with the hidden camera now that you brought that up uh i thought that was one of those moments where i was like oh my god when i was small and watching the movie is like the film was on a delay and you didn't think about it until kenny's like there's a 30 second delay and then he's dead I'm like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> no, it's a really cool detail. It's a, we, we love it. Oh, my God. Um, well, so, I don't know. Does there have any, like, last thoughts on Scream before we wrap things up? Um, it's brilliant. I love it. And I I don't think it was supposed to... Not that I didn't think it was supposed to be successful. I, sure. I just think it, it wasn't supposed to be this uh, cornerstone of of a new horror take like i think it was just like a wow i mean everything's kind of shitty right now paul rudd was just uh, tommy doyle like uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like we just need something funny about scary movies like let's just acknowledge that it's a scary movie and then that's everything now is like you you acknowledge that there are scary movies in your world um it's just it's just so good i just have such a great time watching it's a little long um but not in a bad way it's just i'm not used to that uh anymore and it's like that it's very funny. particular 90s tone go ahead yeah like, i love i love the first one um but i do feel like especially in terms of the original trilogy because i sort of keep them as like trilogy then there's the fourth one and like i don't know it's <laughs> you know I, I keep them separated but i do think the first one drags the most of the first three um mm-hmm. even though i know people have problems some people have problems with the third one yada yada but i do think it zips along at least when you're watching it whereas the first one does just it has that that lull towards the end where you're like okay let's get to the action get to the action you know uh so you know, but we still love it. 
Love and it, it was iconic. And it was surprisingly iconic, and we love to see it, and it spawned an entire franchise that's, and here we are, you know, 25 years later. And I'm so excited to go into the rest of the movies with you. We're, we're going to discuss all of the ones leading up to the fifth one. We're going to even have some special guests towards the end of our little journey. So exciting. So it's going to be very, <laughs> lots and lots of fun. But where <laughs> can the audience uh, stalk you and, you know, all that fun stuff online? Oh, online. Not in real yeah. life. Online. Not me about to give online. out my real address. No. Don't, uh... give, don't give your home address <laughs> or your phone number. Or my phone number. Well, uh, you can uh, stalk me at Instagram at Devin Ray, D-E-V-Y-N-R-A-Y, mm-hmm. all one word. Mm-hmm. Or my other Instagram at Camel Weasel Whale, all one mm-hmm. word, which is also my TikTok and my Etsy and my Threadless. I'm also, I do art as well. So uh, Very multi-talented lady. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You can't help it. Go, go buy my stuff <laughs> and you can buy my new album on itunes <laughs> on itunes available now on itunes and spootify so no she can sing also just want to point that out so like truly like can't can't stand it Not and where where can they find you zach they can find me at zachary with no h on instagram and twitter and you can support this podcast at IAW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as well. And if you just want more content from me, I also host two other podcasts. One is called Messy Mondays, which is an LGBTQ podcast. Uh, it comes out every Monday. And I also host Two Gays Watch with Aaron Holman. And we are currently doing recaps of Queen of the Universe and about to start RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's right. That's so soon. So soon. So lots of content coming and I'm very excited to go through the rest of this franchise with you leading up to the exciting release of Scream 5, as I'm calling it, on (laughs) January 14th. I'm calling it that. Scream 5. It's Scream 5, (laughs) if you ask me. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, until next time, Devin. Until next time. Oh.